Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos Podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krogh. Let's go! Fantasy Football Sackos. Uh, three weeks in the books. We got our waiver wire show lined up here early week four. Alex, how was your weekend? It's week four in this house. It's week four in this Um <laughs> your poor wife is stuck with that <laughs> um i my weekend was terrible oh uh in our league i have started three quarterbacks they've combined for zero touchdowns so far and so screw you carson wentz screw you daniel jones and screw you gardner Minshew. we talked about you so well last week and you come out and do nothing yeah, I can't even throw Tannehill in your face either because he didn't have that great. Of no, a he sucked just as much. So I was that's unfortunate. Uh, both of our like waiver wire streamers did not perform well. However, I feel like why do every, people listen to us? Well, We're the like, worst. I feel like every analyst was like, you know what? Go out there and stream Gardner Minshew and Ryan Tannehill this weekend. It'll it's go true. great. And then it yep. didn't. But yep. Next week, they'll both throw three touchdowns. Exactly. You know who my sneaky uh pickup is at QB for this week? Well, really, just going forward. Nick Foles? No. Well, no. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guy is lighting the world on fire. Okay. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, how about that Bears game? Nick Foles. Let's, uh, let, so this is our week for waiver wire show. Um, please, uh, subscribe, like, comment down below. Um, yeah, let us know who your favorite waiver wire pickup is for this week down below in the comments. Um, let's get into it. Let's talk some bears because that was quite the upset here. My, one of my uh, recommended pickups is Jimmy Graham and his success had a lot to do with the change at quarterback, Nick Foles, Jimmy Graham. I mean, people are going to laugh and he's been a bust for a couple years now, but he caught six of 10 targets for 60 yards. And he was like the main uh, he was like the first option on pass plays in the red zone, especially in the end yep. zone. He caught four of seven targets after Foles took over for Trubisky and he had seven targets in week one. He's only rostered in about 13% of league. So he's out there everywhere. Pretty much. Uh, are you excited about the change of quarterback? Do you think Foles is the real deal? I love Mitch, man. Um, but yeah, it was time. Uh, yeah, you know, we were on multiple texting threads with Bears fans and just being like, if Foles was better, he would be in. And then literally you come back from commercial, he's got his helmet on. It's like, Oh crap. Yeah. It was um, greatly timed. So I, I was very impressed by Foles. He was really throwing the ball downfield, which I think helps all of their wide receivers. Jimmy Graham has been the end zone threat. Um, so far three touchdowns in three weeks. Um, that's pretty good. And if they're going to go to him in the red zone, then um, you know, I, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back because, well, I actually have to, because pretty much everything I've said so far on this freaking podcast has been wrong, but yes, I did mention, Jimmy, I, <laughs> I did mention Jimmy Graham as, as potentially somebody to keep your eye on before the season started. And I think he might be usable, especially with Foles. Um, the bears threw the ball so many, uh, they threw it over 50 times and Foles almost had 30 passes just, you know, in a quarter and a half of play. Matt Nagy loves throwing the ball. And now that Tariq Cohen's out, it does help David Montgomery's value. 
Um, I think he could be a, an RB one actually the rest of the way because uh, Foles is going to check down to him. He well, knows Tariq how Cohen's to, out. Yeah, the the yeah. Tariq Cohen injury there really opens that door. Correct. Yeah. So I love David Montgomery going forward. If you can try to get him, I absolutely would. Um, but back to Jimmy Graham, I, I think he's usable and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Anthony Miller looked a lot better once Foles went in the game. They talked on Good, Mor- Good Morning Football this morning about Foles before the play that he threw the touch on Anthony Miller. He goes, if they all out blitz me, run to the L in the end zone. And they all out blitzed him and he ran to the L in the end zone and he caught the touchdown to win the game. So the legend of Nick Foles has already started in Chicago. Um, That's awesome. Big, big dick Nick, nine inch Nick, whatever you want to call him. We're ready to go in Chicago. So, um, yeah, Jimmy Graham. Oh, Good stuff. man. Yeah, I would I would just recommend Jimmy Graham um, basically for any of our Kittle managers out there or. uh if anybody had Goddard, because Goddard went down too, um, really anybody. He was a struggling. one week wonder. God, I, yeah, I mean, I started Goddard in a, in a league two weeks in a row after week one, expecting something out of Carson Wentz's lifeless body in Philadelphia, and it, and it did not happen. Didn't go well. All right. <clears throat> well, that's a nice little victory lap for the Bears. Uh, sorry, all you Atlanta Falcons fans. Um, you know, you guys the should Falcons be Falcons used- yeah, well, they sh- I was going to say they should be used to choking by now, but I digress. Yikes. Um, let's move on to some running backs that uh, should, p- should, in my opinion, be picked up or evaluated. Um, first being Miles Gaskin of the Miami Dolphins. He had 22 rushing attempts. And so <laughs> leading into week three, it was always like, you know, like the seven spot rushing, nine rushing attempts and, you know, sprinkling like three to five catches and it's like, okay, maybe you pick him up. If I want like 12 passes on, you know, a terrible team or 12 touches on a, on a terrible team from probably like a mediocrely skilled player. Um, But then he just comes out in week three and has 22 rushing attempts. Granted, he only turned him into 66 yards. So not a, (laughs) not a whole lot to, to, you know, kill yourself to go run and get this guy over. But however, what I do like is the floor from the, the catching and the receiving game, uh, five catches for almost 30 yards against Jacksonville. I think the volume is there. Um, he had in week three, he outtouches teammates by 19 carries each over Brita and Howard. And he co-led the team in both targets and receptions. He's rostered in 45, almost 46% of leagues. He's an RB too. If he's, if this volume continues, that's crazy volume. Um, Jordan Howard uh, continued his raging streak stat of three carries for one yard. Uh, But see, the frustrating part though is he's still currently on pace for 16 touchdowns this year. Gaskin got a carry at like the two. And he no, didn't I know. make it. And then they took him out and put Howard in. Yeah. And the, the I, obviously I'm joking about that, but it obviously limits Gaskin's value. If they're going to freaking put Jordan Howard in at the one yard line to vulture his touchdown every week. If, if Gaskin was going to get that goal line touch, then yeah, I think he's an RB two. But if he's not going to get the goal line touch, then I mean, is he, I, I don't know the, the quantities there. It's tough to go out and spend a bunch on him if he's available. 
Um, but yeah, only because his upside's limited. Yeah. I, so I don't know. He's a flex play for me. He's probably just going to be a flex play, maybe a volume based RB2. Uh, mm-hmm. If he can continue to dominate the touches. Um, what I think the more interesting pickup, well, Miles Gaston is going to be season long value. My next player is not season long value. It's probably a one, maybe two week rental. And that's Carlos Hyde. Uh, Chris Carson got his knee banged up uh, by what's called a gator roll. I learned. Um, it was so stupid. Yeah, and I want to name the player because, like, this was the dirtiest play ever. Uh, Tristan Hill, number 72, defensive tackle for the Cowboys. I think he has a nice fine coming for him. He's um, going to get destroyed next week. Ne- yeah, next week, like, nobody, he's going to, yeah, he has a target on his back for sure. Um, but Hyde is the next man up. Chris Carson went out. They're saying nothing's torn in his knee. However, obviously there was strain. So they're calling it a mild sprain. Said he could he could potentially be back this week. I think that they probably give him a week off. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, Schefter tweeted earlier today, um, and I will quote this. First degree knee sprain. He could be back soon, but they quote just have to see how it goes. Um, so it's a... It, Theoretically, it's going to be at least a week, um, but Seahawks are notorious about being pretty quiet on injuries, so you probably won't know yeah. until closer to the. But I mean, with Travis Homer was in the in the mix a little bit too and got a couple carries. But uh, we talked week one after week one about Hyde and Carson basically having the same amount of carries, so it would seem like Hyde is for sure the the back there. Yeah, and he's coming off a hundred. Uh, excuse me, he's coming off a thousand-yard season in Houston as well. He's only rostered in ten percent of leagues. I think you'll have to spend some fab to get him. Um, how much fab are you willing to spend on Carlos Hyde? Say you are the the Chris Carson manager. Um, maybe like fifteen percent. I was going to say fifteen to twenty percent. Just Miles just Gaskin. To have, yeah, just yeah. to have the one week hit, I guess. For Miles Gaskin for the season long value, how much fab would you be willing to spend on that? Um, 35, 30%. I was going to say, if you're, if you're the, you know, like you, somebody that's rostering CMC and Raheem Mostert and you're missing both, I would probably spend that 30 to 40%. If you aren't and he is a luxury, I would bid down on him just to see if you get lucky and hit on him because you're in a league where people either don't bid or they're just very frugal with their with their fab. Um, so it's all about need, right? Because and that's the one thing we I think should keep reiterating over the course of the season is you don't want to spend all of your fab up front. You want to save some for postseason. Really only spend it if you need to. If you're coming out and you're 0 and 2 looking at 0 and 3 now, maybe you should spend some fab just to try and 0 get and some 3 guys. looking at 0 and 4 for me. Um, yeah, I, I just don't. <clears throat> Like I've always prescribed with the fab to save it and wait till the end, but I'm starting to find myself now where I kind of can't yeah, wait. You have to. Yeah. So, and it kind of puts me in a weird spot just cause I'm really not used to doing that. At least in our league, I don't one, one thing that I'm usually hyper aware of is how much other people have because I always want to try to have more than the, 
like highest person unless they happen to not be paying attention when when a like when a huge injury hits late in the season. I yeah. like to try to position myself to try to have the most fab when it gets to the last, let's say like week 11. But I might be forced to abandon that strategy a little bit now that I'm 0-3. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I've always tried to stay away from drafting unhealthy players, but I feel like that's just been cemented for me even more this season after mm-hmm. drafting Debo, Cortland Sutton, and well, Kittle was was healthy for a quarter or half a game. Um, just these injuries to start the season are really putting me in a hole. So just trying to get out of it. Um, speaking yeah, one, of that, I, I was just gonna say one one more other thing. I mean, Rashad Penny's still on the pup, um, so you don't have to worry about him coming back uh, and taking Hyde's spot. Um, theoretically, he still has you know he still has to be out the six weeks. Um, he could be somebody that you could add for free if you have an IR slot uh, and just kind of stash him. Just want to throw him on people's radars. Hmm. Absolutely. Not not bad. Um, my last running back that I'm interested in on waivers this week is, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. And if you guys listened to our week three preview podcast, which we go through, uh, every Thursday, we go through all of the weekend's games, preview all of them, talk about all of the relevant fantasy players and tell you what you should be looking for from a fantasy football perspective, um, I want to start doing some sit start kind of questions too. So we, we might get into that. Um, but if you listen to our week three preview podcast, we talked about preemptively picking up Jeff Wilson just because there was no way uh, Shanahan was going to move to featuring Jarek McKinnon. Um, and lo and behold, guess what? Jeff Wilson comes out and he rushes 12 times, albeit for 15 yards, uh, does get a score. And then he caught all three targets for 54 yards and another score. Okay. That'll play. Yeah. 15 touches to two touchdowns. And then not only that, but Jarek McKinnon turns around and gets, uh, gets hurt, uh, hurts his ribs late in the fourth quarter against the giants. He did not return to the game. However, they were up big late. So maybe that had to do with why he didn't come back to the game. I don't know how serious it is yet. Um, However, if McKinnon misses time to heal up his ribs, then Wilson could be the number two this week when Mostert comes back, if he does, in fact, come back um, and McKinnon isn't able to suit up. Or if they both sit, then it's freaking hasty off of the practice squad (laughs) and it's Jeff Wilson. Um, Jeff Wilson is only rostered right now in about 14% of the leagues. So I think he. I mean, in that offense, I think he's looking at at least 15 touches. Um, he's definitely, I would say, probably a one to two week rental, maybe. I don't know how, depending on how serious the injury is to Jarek McKinnon. Um, hopefully he doesn't go get any uh, rib injections from the San Diego Chargers doctors, but uh, uh, L.A. Chargers. <laughs> oh, L.A., like you're it. right. Sorry. Yeah. God, it's so hard maybe, to shake that. Maybe for me. you should have gone to San Diego. Would have been better <laughs> off. That team should have never left that city, but <laughs> I digress. I have Jeff Wilson in a league. He sat on the bench and then he dropped 20. Is like, okay. Rough, man. Still, yeah, still oh, it's so hard to start him. Yeah, the, the running back carousel in for, for the 49ers is so tough to play anybody 
we even cautioned against starting Jarek McKinnon to a certain extent. I mean, we both both called him a very solid RB2, but just didn't know how that was going to shake out. If Jarek McKinnon's out, then Jeff Wilson is probably a must start. I have a feeling they're probably going to get try to get Mostert healthy. It sounds like Coleman's going to be out a while. I would try to go get Jeff Wilson for, you know, somewhere in the 10 to 15% of fab range. Um, because again, he's a short term. I think you got to spend more than guy. that to get him though. I, you might you, have to. If you can get him for 10 to 15%, I think that's a good win. Because I think he's going to be productive for at least a week or two. I, I would be hesitant to go more than that unless you are really thin at running back. Yeah. And then we've been pounding this every week, but guys that um, are still available in too many leagues that shouldn't be James Robinson needs to be on all rosters everywhere. Justin Jeff, or I'm sorry, Justin Jefferson is our next person, but um, Oh man, I'm blanking right now. Not Justin <sighs> Jackson, my guy, your guy. I was, I meant I was looking for Josh Kelly. Although he did have a down week, uh, fumble. Yeah, he lost a fumble. Yeah, but still at eight for forty-three. He lost his uh, playing some playing time there in the second half due to the fumble, and they were down. And yeah, I can't. Yeah, believe side, the side note: I, I saw this on Twitter earlier, and I thought it was interesting. If you're playing in a Yahoo league, did you know that you can drop uh, players that are on your team on Monday and pick somebody up that's playing Monday night, even though they already played on Sunday? So, like as an example. I had Justin Gage on my team, so I could go and drop him. And if Daryl Henderson would have been available, I could have gone and picked him up and stashed a backup in case Clyde Edwards Hilaire got hurt. So there's like a little life hack for you if you play in a Yahoo league where you can drop a player that you might have dropped anyway and just go pick up a backup running back in case of injury. So there's a little tidbit for you going forward. Yeah, it is funny. I did find that out actually this past weekend because a relative of mine was able to drop a player who had already played and yeah, I helped him with a roster move and I just couldn't believe that it actually happened because um, I, I would have loved to be able to do that on ESPN. However, yep. not the case. Sucks. All right, let's. We already spoiled it, but let's move on to some of these receivers that need to be picked up. We this is this list is substantially longer than the running backs. Let's start with Justin Jefferson. Caught seven of nine targets for 175 yards and is the first score of his career. Uh, started over BC Johnson in the game. So BC's also my guy took all of two weeks before he loses it to the rookie Justin Jefferson. Looked phenomenal. He's only rostered in about a third of leagues. Um, he's got to be picked up pretty much in all 12 team leagues or bigger. Um, he's he? already. Yeah, I absolutely. Do you know what Stefan Dixon did in this role, even with the limited passing numbers? I feel for the You're Adam, Thiener, Adam, Adam Thielen managers, though, because man, did that minimize his role this week? You're just going to pick him up, though, and not or like start him a week or two and then be like, why did I pick this guy up? It, that's just that has this nine targets a week. It. I'm not dropping him. Kirk Cousins only threw 27 passes uh, and the rookie got a third of them. This is a classic guy that goes off for one week and everybody goes and blows everything that they have on a rookie. No rookie wide receivers ever do well. Just let it for me. This is a classic. Let him have his one week and stay away from it. 
especially in that offense. I'm picking him up. I think he's firmly supplanted BC Johnson for the number two role. And I think he's actually clearly the number two wide receiver there. And I don't know when situation, just like Thielen Diggs. I'm telling you, that's what it's going to be by the end of the season. Okay. I'm, I'm not doing anything with this just because I don't trust their offense. Our next receiver, Corey Davis caught five of six targets for just about 70 yards uh, in week three against the Vikings. Currently wide receiver 24 uh, rostered in about 48% of leagues. I mean, AJ Brown, they're saying that his knee bruise per Schefter is pretty significant and he hasn't responded well to treatment and that he could be out for a couple more weeks to try to get right. So if you drafted AJ Brown, like, RIP man that's that's just terrible uh just on top of all of these other injuries but yeah oh Niebuhr is not responding to treatment are you what do you think about Corey Davis scared for AJ Brown Corey Davis is somebody that's already I feel like probably been picked up and dropped uh and picked up again in like everybody's league that they're listening to right now he's a Um, wide receiver too right now yeah, no, I know. He's tied for 21st in catches, or yeah, 21st in catches, 21st in yards, only has one touchdown. I uh, I mean, I guess you have to pick him up. I don't know how much I'd spend on him because once A.J. Brown comes back, I think he's right back to being probably not useful and probably being dropped. So for that reason, I'm not going out and trying to to get a ton of fab to spend on him. Five um, to 10%. Max. I'm thinking he's like a, a three to 4%, maybe a little less than that. If somebody wants to go out and get him. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I just, again, I'm not, a, I'm not as big on, on Tannehill as you are. Um, but I, I think once AJ Brown comes back, then his values negated. Yeah. I think the other thing I would also add on that, as far as AJ Brown coming back, I think it w- will also have a, an effect on Johnny Smith's value. Mm-hmm. So all you Johnny Smith's own uh, roster managers, I would be trying to trade high on that guy right now. I'd yep. be, I'd be talking to me, you know, the guys that roster George Kittle, see if they're just want to get out from under the injury bug and maybe get somebody that's been consistent the first three weeks. Yep. Uh, um, moving on T Higgins, uh, was the 33rd pick in this year's draft. He caught five of nine targets uh, for 40 yards, two scores against the Philadelphia Eagles. He's only rostered in 7% of leagues. I think right now he's probably worth like an end of bench staff uh, stash. Excuse me. Um, Maybe he's second in targets on the team in week three and first in snaps. AJ Green, while being there, just hasn't been able to put it together for whatever yep. reason. I mean, definitely concerned there, but if if they decide to pull the trigger and get younger eventually, especially if they're like 0 and 7, 0 and 8, or I don't know. I mean, you know, if they just keep losing, I wouldn't be surprised if they just try and put T. Higgins in a more prominent role eventually. Um but For the record, the Bengals tied. They did not lose. Just want that. That just should want count that as two losses. <laughs> God. 
Um, Tyler Boyd showed up, which makes me happy as a Tyler He's Boyd good. over over AJ Green, uh, truther before the season started. Tyler Boyd is by far and away the number one there going forward, I hope. Um, when it comes to T Higgins, I think it's important to note that Joe Burrow is currently on pace to throw the most passes in NFL history through three weeks. And so for that reason, potentially the volume could be there, especially if AJ Green, I'm not saying they're going to bench AJ Green or they're just going to stop playing him. But if T Higgins does take over some more of the snaps and is going to, they're going to throw the most passes ever, then he might be playable. Yeah. It's not even about benching AJ Green as much as it is like, you know, calling plays where Higgins is the first or second read. Read. It's just giving him more opportunities. And that's the, the biggest Bengals, thing. I think the Bengals either. ran the the most three wide uh, sets last year in football too. Um, and this is the disciple of um, McVay out in um, LA for the Rams, who the year before that ran the most three wide receiver sets in football. So it kind of seems like they're going to have three guys. And if he Higgins is the third one and taking, you know, all the reps away from what is it? Austin Tate or Auden Tate. Sorry. Um, then I think T T Higgins should be playable and, um, or maybe they should line up Joe Mixon to actually give him the ball out of, out in the f- slot. Cause they're not turning around and giving him the ball. Joe Mixon, man. Rough. What an incredible, probably one of the bigger busts of the year so far. Just because so far. like everybody else, like a ton of players have been knocked out from injury, but Joe Mixon hasn't. So you're starting him. You're just getting nothing out of that position yep. and nothing out of that draft spot. Like awful starts the year for Mixon. Um, Terrible. So how much are you spending on T Higgins? Five, 10%? Uh, no, no more than five. No, I don't more think than anybody's five. gonna bid on him. In uh, most, I, I, I think yeah. in most leagues, people aren't even gonna pay attention to him. So uh, I, I you think know you can get who away people are paying less. attention to. That is what is currently the wide receiver twenty-eight in fantasy football. He also goes by the Lizard King, also Alan Lazard, Iowa State University alum. The future NFL Hall of Fame, Alan Lazard, uh, caught six of eight targets for 146 yards and a score. He also had another score taken away from him by the Saints defense, who was on top of his back. Um, Devontae's status for week four is currently unknown, but he could be back. If he's back, I would stay. I would say maybe uh, stash Allen or throw him in at flex if you want to put in the wide receiver 28 um he had an incredible week aaron Rodgers and him definitely i think have a little connection there um what do you think about picking up alan lazard he looked really good uh, this all comes down to Devonte adams health um if uh as aaron Rodgers effectively refers to him as if tay is out for an extended period then Al Lazard is clearly the guy, uh, led the team with eight targets on 30, 30 pass attempts. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantling only had four, one catch for five yards. Huge disappointment there. Um, cause I know a lot of people were starting him. Uh, it seems like Alan Lazard is the guy Lazard's going forward. Lazard's the guy, man. Yeah. And, and Valdez Scantling is the, the chuck it deep when 
Lazard and uh, Adams are working underneath. So yeah, I, I don't know how much I would spend on him because if it, when Devontae Adams comes back, it seems like he was somewhat close to playing and looked fine on the sidelines. So I would, I would be a little bit nervous about this, but uh, Green Bay is currently three, you know, they want to get their guys healthy. So I wouldn't be surprised if Lazard's got one more big week in him. Yeah, New Orleans deserved to lose that game after that awful call to put Taysom Hill in the game. Did you see that play? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Although, uh, I will say, again, and I mentioned this last week, if you're a Michael Thomas owner, I do think you have to be very concerned about Drew Brees' arm. I think you should try to trade him and see what you can get for him. If somebody's willing to give up Tyreek Hill for Michael Thomas or something similar to that, just go ahead and do it. I don't trust Drew Brees' arm. I get that. Um, moving on, our next receiver. Oh, and by the way, Alan Lazard, I don't know if I mentioned this, is only rostered in about 39% of leagues. So he's going to be available in many. Um, how, much, how much are you spending on Lazard? Lazard, I would do 10% because okay. the extra upside if Devontae misses another game, um, I would do 10% of Fab. Um, Elshon Jeffrey roster. I feel dirty when I say Elshon Jeffrey should be picked up. Uh, he's rostered <laughs> in only about 14% of leagues. He could make his return this week to help the Eagles just in time, just in time. Uh, man, they just don't have any weapons. Deshaun Jackson got hurt. Jalen Rager's out with the thumb. Goddard's hurt. It's Zach Ertz and Alshon, if he goes out there. Um, last week, week three was the Greg Ward show, who is next in our waiver preview. Greg Ward caught eight of 11 targets for 72 yards and a score. He also had a rushing attempt. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know why they're giving Greg Ward a rushing attempt, but hey, good for them. Um, 16 and a half fantasy points and half PPR. Owned in one third of one percent of all leagues. Um, I mean, you got Rager with the thumb, Deshaun with the hammy, Alshon coming back with the foot injury. If if none of those guys play, Greg Ward has to be like a flex play at worst, especially with Goddard. Like the, somebody has to catch passes. Um, Maybe it's probably still Zach Ertz, especially now that Goddard's out. Although, how fun is this? I, I enjoy that Philadelphia fans are somewhat jealous of Bears fans because we got Nick and they're stuck with Wentz. Really? I, There's actually jealous Philly fans? Oh, yeah, yeah. They they never wanted to let Foles go after he won the Super Bowl for him. The year huh. Wentz got hurt and they have not been high on Wentz ever since. And Wentz has disappointed them at every turn. I don't know other than Ertz and Miles Sanders at this point. Yeah, I think I would much rather have Alshon Jeffrey than Greg Ward on my team going forward. I want to make that perfectly clear because I, I think Alshon, any fab to get Alshon. No, I don't think you have to zero zero dollar bid. Yeah, I think you can go get him if he's available. Um, I don't think people in your league will probably be paying attention that he's potentially coming back this week. I would just spend a couple bucks in case you got somebody that puts a dollar on him. 
you know, okay. just do That's one fair. of those. And stay um, stay away from Greg Ward. Greg Ward is to me a zero dollar bid. Yep, I agree. And he's after like everybody else that we've talked about. So I if agree. for some reason all those guys have already been picked up, then okay, I'll settle for Greg Ward. Yep. Uh, um moving on. Back to the Niners. Brandon Ayuk caught five of eight targets for 70 yards. They also designed rushing plays for him, which I thought was interesting. He ran the ball three times for 31 yards and scored uh, 18 and a half fantasy points and half PPR. He's only rostered in about 16 and a half percent of leagues. Um, they're saying that Debo is most likely to be out at least one more week. He will practice this week and then come back next week. Um, okay. With that, I mean, they're making him involved. He's yep. a high draft capital pick. I, I think he has skill. Yep. And I, we talked about this early preseason too, but I just want to reiterate, I believe Brandon Ayuk led all of college football in yards after the catch uh, last year before he was drafted. He really fits the 49ers mold of a big, fast wide receiver that is that can get out on the on the edges. Very similar to Debo. Him and Ayuk are going to cause nightmares. And by the time you add Mostert back into the mix and you still got Jet flying around with McKinnon, it'll be really interesting to see what that offense looks um, a little later in the year. Uh, for now, when it comes to Brandon Ayuk, again, he's probably a dollar or two. Uh, I don't know if I would spend more than that on him. I completely agree. I think the upside is definitely there. If they're yep. if they keep designing plays for him specifically for him, um, then man, he has a lot of upside. I'm just, you know, with Debo and Kittle coming back, you just worry about all these guys' usage and what's really going to happen to it. Yeah, I would much rather have Ayuk over Kendrick Bourne if that's even a discussion yeah, that you're thinking no. about um, much rather have I look going forward uh, quarterback pickup Jared Goff uh, he had a rough first week against the Cowboys but since then has averaged 25 fantasy points per game I personally would like to see his pass attempts come up a little bit he's averaging right around 30 attempts a game however uh I guess you don't need to you don't need to throw a whole ton of balls if you're completing 70% of your passes. Um he's continued to look good just like he did at the end of the season. He's only rostered in about a third of leagues. I just that offense, if they can do it against the Bills, they can do it against anybody, is what I would say. Mm. Yes and no. I mean the Bills got torched pretty good by Fitzpatrick the week before, too. So the jury's kind of still out on their defense. They also got up big in that game and started playing back a little bit. That's true. That uh, really did help. Yeah, so the, it's a little little different once the Rams got some momentum. Um, there was kind of no stopping him. I will apologize to Jared Goff. Uh, I am planning on starting him this week in a league where they have not scored a touchdown yet in the first three weeks. So chances are Jared Goff will not score any touchdowns this week. I'm just forewarning <laughs> everybody. Just give me a heads up that he's probably not going to throw a touchdown. Um, but again, with Ooh. those weapons that he has with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Higby, um, I, I do think that the upside is there, um, going forward. He's, he's probably a fringe QB one the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I, I would say that that's fine. I would start him, you know, depending on the matchup, but yeah, um, I think that he's definitely worth stashing, especially if you're having some QB issues. 
Yeah, um, and one 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 thing to notice, and I, and I will get into this in in a couple minutes here, but I mean, Seattle has is giving up the most passing yards in the NFL. They're giving up 430 passing yards, which is uh, 80 more than every other team. And Jared Goff gets to play them twice, so at least you have that where they're probably going to be able to air it out pretty good at least two games, um, including week 16 against Seattle um, is, is the juicy matchup there. So is that home? Um, uh, it is, oh, uh, I believe it. No, it's in Seattle. Yeah, there's no fans. It might as well be true. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, moving on to some tight ends here. Their first up, we have Mo Ali Cox. He is the uh, tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. In a game where only 25 passes were thrown, Cox saw three targets, and he caught all three for 52 yards and a score. Uh, By he, Cracky. <laughs> he, he caught five of, six, five of six targets last week for 111 yards. And uh, he's still produced with Jack Doyle back in the fold. So he's only rostered in 8% of leagues. If you're desperate at tight end, you keep throwing darts and missing. I've done nothing but throw darts and miss while I try to (laughs) fill in for uh, George Kittle. Um, Has me looking elsewhere, shuffling through some tight ends. Moelle Cox, I think, is a decent fill-in. Do you want to talk about Dalton Schultz real quick? Because I know we're going to get there. And then, like... I. I don't know who you would prefer to pick up between Mo Alley Cox, Dalton Schultz, and Jimmy Graham if they're all available. Just kind of talk through that real yeah, quick. Yeah, be good to help people prioritize the three. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So uh, the quick synopsis on Dalton Schultz, he had six targets and caught four of them for 48 yards against the Seahawks. Uh, the week before, he absolutely went off for nine catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown, and he's rostered in about a quarter of all leagues. Um Ah, man, if the Cowboys have to keep passing, I think Dalton Schultz is probably my number one. It makes you really think about what Blake Jarwin could have done in that offense. Um, I would probably go Schultz, Graham, Cox. Yeah, I would go I would go Graham, Schultz, Cox, probably. Um, And the only reason I have Graham ranked higher is because I know that the Bears are going to prioritize Jimmy Graham in the red zone Uh, with Dalton Schultz. There's just a lot of mouths to feed there between Zeke and C.D. Lamb, and Cooper, and Gallup, who finally showed up this week, um, and this whoever Wilson is for the Cowboys, who really balled out, and nobody ever heard of him this week, or before this week. Um, so for that reason, I would go Jimmy Graham, Dalton Schultz second, Mo Alley Cox, just because we don't know what the opportunities are going to look like going forward at the tight end position. Again, I would not probably spend more than a couple bucks on any of these guys. No, yeah. Absolutely. I would what what would you spend the most on Graham? Would you get to five percent? No, no, I don't think I, you have to. I don't think you have to either for any of these guys because who knows if they're going to flop. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's what I have for waivers. Is there? Uh, I just I just wanted to highlight something real quick before we before we wrap the show. Um. So we talked a little bit before the beginning of the season about how to, you know, what playoff schedules look like. We, we emphasized, hey, you know, the Ravens have a really easy schedule. The Steelers have a really easy schedule. Look at their last three weeks. Oh, my gosh. Look at like these teams sucked last year. 
Um, I just wanted to highlight currently what the five worst passing defenses are and kind of, you know, potentially a team to target. So the league average for uh, passing yards a game is 249 passing yards. Currently, Seattle's giving up 430 passing yards a week. That is... Is that all? 180 more than average. Um, so I, they've played they've played some good offenses, but 430 yards is a lot. And they just had their their high price safety go out with a groin pull um, that they gave up all the capital for. So I don't know if Seattle's um, you know secondary is going to be any better than it previously was. And they seem to kind of like letting Russ cook and letting the you know letting both teams air it out a little bit this year, um, especially with Chris Carson going to be be out maybe a week or two. Um, I don't see Seattle's defense getting substantially better. Um, just real quick, week fourteen, New York Jets. You're not starting starting Sam. Week fifteen, it's at Washington. You're that doesn't matter either. But week sixteen, already talked about, it's home against the Rams. So Jared Goff could be a league winner for you. Um, Second worst defense passing wise is Atlanta. Um, 350 yards. They got lit up by Foles in the second half. They could have allowed two more touchdowns than they did. Uh, they got a little lucky. Atlanta's secondary has been brutal. They're beat up worse than anybody else, it seems like, from an injury standpoint in their secondary. Uh, then rounding out the top five, Minnesota, Denver, and Dallas. There's only one team that plays two of those top five or worst five defenses and it's Tampa Bay. So maybe try to get see you if, some Tom. If, yeah, get some Tom. I'm not saying you need to load up on Gronk, who's a free agent. I think you can definitely let him sit. Um, but Godwin uh, was out. He's getting tested for a concussion, I believe, again uh, this week. Uh, so that's rough. So maybe try to get him on the cheap, you know, but Tampa Bay plays at Minnesota week 14 and home against Atlanta week 15. Um, week 16, in case you were curious, is against the Detroit Lions, who's currently the 13th ranked defense against the pass. Do you want to talk about that Mike Evans line, though? Two catches I, for two yards and two scores. He's basically the wide receiver Jordan Howard. It's unbelievable, man. Like, if you have Mike Evans... Maybe you hold on to him for a week if Godwin sits. But like, I would absolutely be trading him away with every power. All, oh, like, really? I, I think the exact opposite. I think you should be trying to go out and get him um, just because of the at Minnesota home against Atlanta week 15. If, if you can try to get him dirt cheap, I think you got, I think you should try to do it. The pedigree's there. Oh, yeah. The, pe- like the targets aren't though. <laughs> No, no, but Tom's still figuring it out. I I don't even know what this offense is. Like Gronk is a blocking tight end, evidently. And yeah, they said that. But then he came out and I think caught a catch reel. I think he had four catches. Did you see Um, Gronk's post game? No. Oh, oh, my goodness. So the the interviewer asked Gronk what he thought about his role in the offense. He goes, I'm a pass pass catching tight end. I had four catches, so I should just be... I'm just lucky that I got those. Oh, man. <laughs> um, all right. Five worst rush defenses. Oh, I yeah. Think, rushing oh, no, defenses, he, too. Y- you misspoke there. He said I'm a pass-blocking yes, tight end. pass-blocking so, yeah, tight end. There Correct. you go. There you go. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. I didn't want you to listen to that one tomorrow and be like, son of a bitch, why didn't you correct me? So, there you're welcome. All right. Five worst rush defenses. 
the average on the ground giving up is 120 yards. Currently, Houston is giving up 188 yards. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, that's, that's 50% more than, more than average. Yeah. Their playoff schedule, week 14 at Chicago, David Montgomery stock. There you go. Week 15 at Indianapolis. I mean, Taylor's going to be a beast, I think, the rest of the way. I don't think you're going to be able to get him. Week 16, um, Cincinnati. Maybe there's hope for Joe Mixon. He might show up one week and it might be in the title game. Um, other, other teams that are listed currently in the bottom five. Cincinnati's giving up 181. Uh, wow. Detroit's 172. Tennessee, surprisingly, at 166 yards on the ground every week. Um, and Las Vegas at 163. There are two teams that play two of the worst five run defenses currently. Green Bay plays really? Detroit week 14 and at Tennessee week 16. So fire up Aaron, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, yes. But potentially, you know, look at picking up a little, you know, not necessarily right now, but a Jamal Williams type guy where in case Aaron Jones does go down, he would be a fantastic handcuff for you to have on your roster because if Jones does go down and he can replace at least like 65% of whatever Aaron Jones is doing, he could potentially be a league winner. Also, Indianapolis faces two of the worst five run defenses currently. Um, They face Las Vegas in week 14 and um, they're uh, in Houston week 15. Um, Should be noted that uh, Indy plays the Pittsburgh Steelers week 16. So there's not a ton of Taylor value in the final potentially. It's going to be so hard, if not impossible to sit him then though. I know, but they're only giving up 54 rush yards a week. So it's like Taylor can get you to the finals, but he's going to have a tough time bringing the, bringing the, the bacon home. He's going to have a lot of people win leagues, I think. Yeah. So he'll get you there, but it's going to be almost to the point where you're not going to be able to start him um, at the end. Absolutely. That does it for our waivers. Alex, thank you. That's great. That, you know, the best thing is about that too, though, is it, it, as you come to the playoffs, I like to, it's all about the schedule. I try to about the schedule. Yeah. So if I can flip my RB2 for somebody else's RB2 that has a much more favorable playoff schedule, I'm making that trade but I'm not making it at week like 11 or like at the trade deadline. I'm trying to make it like a week or two before just so, you know, they people are paying attention to it. Potentially they don't catch on as fast. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, I think that wraps up our waiver wire show. I will say right now, our latest score update, it is chiefs 27 Ravens 10, uh, man, that this game is not going how I thought it was going to go. Uh, McCole Hardman with three for 74 and a score. Tyreek Hill, four for 64 and a score. Pat Mahomes ran one in himself. Um, I would say that Hardman is pick up a um, He's not. He's not going to be consistent enough. Yeah. He's only rostered in 35% of leagues. So that's still pretty high, actually. <sighs> I just wish. I just wish the Ravens would make the pivot to Dobbins. That's all I want, but I don't think we're going to seem it. like it's going to happen. Can we, uh, can we, can we talk real quick about um, some newsy stuff? Yeah. What do you got here? Hold on. Let me do the drop. 
newsy stuff. All right. So I feel like I let the listeners down last week because you sprang like a, Hey, do you have any good stripper stories? And <laughs> I didn't think that was, I didn't think that was fair. Uh, because of course I'm going to say no. And are you recanting your no? Well, no, I, well, maybe, but I'm just saying that it totally took me off guard. I was like, where is it? Where in the world is this coming from? You pleaded the fifth. I'm actually going to. So my cousin had a bachelor party and we were in Milwaukee and we were hanging out wherever. Full disclosure, not been to a strip club since I got married and several years before that. I think this is actually the last time. Um, It was a long time ago. Um, And so we're, we're sitting around having some drinks and all of a sudden. Like. Terrell Owens walks in. What? And he was, yeah, he was there in Milwaukee for the Pro Bowling Association tournament in Milwaukee. I remember he uh, bowled. Yeah. And so, so we were sitting there and I'm like, it's freaking T.O. Did you walk like up to T.O.? Well, so I let my, I let everybody know, like, dude, hey, T.O. is like sitting right here. Um, and so the, the bachelor like tried to get a TO, uh, and security guards like came over and said like, dude, what are you doing? And he didn't get removed. He just got told to go back to our area, but yeah, Torello and strip club. So there's your stripper story. Wow. Hey man, must've been a nice little club if TOs heard about it. So. Yeah. Strip clubs are stupid. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you for setting the record straight, Alex. I I just want I just want our listeners to be able to trust what I'm saying. And so I feel bad about lying about anything. My fantasy analysis might suck, but I'm always going to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) We are nothing without our morals. Oh, man. All right. On that note, we are going to flip it to our social media page. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Good luck on the waiver wire this week. Please let us know who you get. Um, Go ahead, like, comment, subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on, watching on. Follow us on Twitter, all the social medias. We are at the FF Sackos everywhere. With that, have a good night. Man, I'm going to hit that Green Bay, Kansas City money line. I need to put together a bet of the week for people. I'm going to buy you a drink. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.